Welcome to Hate Change, the podcast where we question the truth and find happiness in new realities. My name is Anne Therese, and I'm so excited to have you here on this journey with me. So now, let's get ready to embrace some change. Hey guys, welcome back. Today I'm honored to introduce to you Brooke McEver, a true sustainable fashion guru here in San Francisco. Brooke is currently a product lead at Unspun, a company changing the future of apparel through consumer behavior and manufacturing methods. She also co-founded the Sustainable Fashion Alliance and she previously ran the sustainability department at Bangladesh's largest factory for three years. Brooke holds a BFA in textiles and design for sustainability and a graduate degree in design from Stanford University. So get ready to learn a thing or two about sustainable fashion. Ladies and gentlemen, dogs and cows, let's rock and roll. All right, Brooke, welcome to my podcast. It's so good to have you here in my apartment on a Tuesday night, a great yeah. Tuesday night. But anyways, trying to be optimistic and happy anyways. Um, I first met you at a small gathering here in San Francisco for the Sustainable Fashion Alliance. And uh, when you introduced yourself to the group and told us about your passions and all you've done for the fashion industry... All I could think was, okay, I gotta have this girl on my show. So I grabbed you afterwards and said, please, let's do a podcast together. So I'm so honored that you came all the way over here to do this with me today. Yeah, it's my pleasure. I absolutely love talking about this stuff. So awesome. Um, so in today's episode, I want to get to the core of fashion and sustainability and what that whole world even means. I feel like a lot of people don't know too much about it and. I mean, I was one of those people up until just like a few years ago. I felt very just lost in this whole maze. So if you are listening to this podcast and the word sustainable fashion brings up a big question mark or you feel like you want to learn more about it, but you feel overwhelmed or maybe even dumb for asking questions about it because you feel like everyone else knows everything, which they don't, but still. I hope that Brooke and I will be able to clear some of that stuff out today. And please give us just a little intro of who you are and what you're passionate about and why you enter this world of sustainable fashion, the new project of yours. Yeah, so I just joined Unspun as the project lead, and I'm very excited about that. They are focused on customized and on-demand clothing that completely changes supply chains and the consumer experience. And the focus is on zero waste and rethinking the manufacturing methods that take place now. I know now that fashion is such a wasteful industry. It's actually the second dirtiest industry after oil. And I mean, just to throw some numbers out there, I think every second a bird is killed from fashion in land, like clothing and garments and landfills. Did not know that. See, it's so terrible. Like just, just thinking about that, like a bird every second gets killed from garments in landfills. So we need to do something about it. And uh, I think that's you know, a starting point to why we should even care about sustainable fashion. And so how are you thinking, like, just give an example of how you're changing the consumer experience with fashion through Unspun. Yeah, and I think our consumer experience is starting with a new retail experience. So for example, when you come in, you actually will get a body scan. And from your body scan, you can pick you know, whether you want loose jeans or boyfriend jeans or skinny jeans, um, and then you can pick the fabric that you want those to be made. And then a customized pattern is made for you. And 
a few weeks later, you're shipped customized jeans for you. And why I think um, the supply chain is also, um, I'm playing a bit of a role in that. So that will also be very sustainable and ethical. And I'm very excited about some things that we have in the works. But I'm excited because it kind of flips the model on the head because you kind of have to come face to face with what is the fabric and why are the fabrics different and why are the cuts different and what do I actually look good in? Mm. And it changes the experience to be more of a special moment where you are bringing a piece of clothes, you know, you're bringing a garment into your life instead of you going out and compromising while you shop. So, you know, to me, this is non-compromising clothing. And also I feel how I think about it when you're talking is that we need to move away from fast fashion and just buying something that it's good enough for the moment. And then we actually wear it a few times and we don't really love it. So we end up, you know, tossing it away deep in our closet or throwing it out. Instead of that, just buy a pair of jeans or whatever it might be that you really love that fits you like a glove. And it's so personalized to you that you can feel proud of wearing it and you can make it part of who you are. Like take fashion back to identity and as a way of communicating your values and your style. And it's not shameful to wear the same thing all the time. I feel like on the opposite end, it's actually really cool. And I think that's how fashion used to be. And we should really bring it back to those values. And somewhere along the way, when fast fashion came on and there's 52 seasons of the year and you just, whatever you wore yesterday is not in anymore. Like we need to just, you know, scratch all that and start over. And I think what you're doing with Unspun then is really cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. And we're also, we're working with other brands on using this technology as well to eliminate cutting waste and also inventory waste. So I think that it will have a big impact going forward. Really excited. Yeah, I'll follow you guys. And since we're talking about terminology and um, all the different words out there for sustainable fashion, I feel like can get very overwhelming and confusing. I just want to give some clarity around the differences between, let's say, upcycled, recycled, repurposed, and um, sustainably made. Like, what are the differences between those terminologies? Right. And this is not a, you know, I feel like this is a question that people are afraid to ask, but it is really tricky. So I will start with repurposed. And this is not a technical definition. This is me kind of clawing my way through this world and coming up with with my own ideas of what these words mean. Mm -hmm. So repurposed, I, I want to think of even like a glass jar that you get and it's got pickles in it and then you start using it as a glass. So it's taking something that originally had a certain purpose and meaning and you changing that purpose and integrating that into your life in a new way. So to me, that's repurposed. Uh, Upcycling is taking something before it is downgraded or recycled and kind of moving it up the supply chain in a way. So for example, if you're taking cutting waste, um, if you're making a garment and you're cutting out that garment, you're having cutting waste and you're able to take that waste and actually make another garment out of it. You are taking something that would have been destined for the trash and you're actually not changing its physical state and using it again. So let's say a pair of old jeans, I cut it apart and then I piece it together and it becomes a denim jacket. Right. Okay. So that would be upcycling. Cool. As opposed to recycling, and I'd almost put it in the same category as downcycling, 
but usually in this process, um, and we can talk about clothing here too, but you're tearing things apart, right? So you're getting it back into a state that is mold. You're getting it back into a state that's moldable. So in this, in this process, you're making fibers shorter. Mm-hmm. So if you're trying to make a garment again, it's going to be thicker. It's going to be coarser. It's not going to have that really thin, nice finish. Um, so you're actually downgrading the capabilities of the material instead of using them in the state that they're in. Okay. So but, that is what I would say is downcycling and recycling. So let's say if you get a pair of shoes or a bag that's made from recycled pet bottles, for example, that's a way of recycling something. Taking one product bottle and then breaking it down to its fibers and then making something new from it. Yeah, I mean, it's almost like upcycling is if you cut up that water bottle mm-hmm. and just taped it together like to make some runway. sort of <laughs> yes, like some sort of case. And recycling or downcycling, I would argue, is melting that down, uh, changing the chemistry of what it is. Mm-hmm and having to come with a different plastic that is less strong and less stable. So would you say now if you want to categorize these or to even, is, is one of the other, is one better than the other? I guess that's my question. Yeah, I mean, I think repurposing and reusing is a really good place to start. If you feel like you've gotten your use out of it, then you can think about upcycling. Like, how can I, you know, take this that I don't have use for anymore and make it into something new for myself? After upcycling, then you can consider recycling, which is, you know, giving it to a recycling center to then shred to make into new plastic or fabric or what have you. Um, So I would say, hopefully your last resource would be to recycle, but there's many ways to repurpose and upcycle things before before you get there. So as from a consumer perspective, let's say you just go to a store and you're looking for a conscious way to consume. Do you want to look for like repurposed clothing or recycled materials? Or what would be the better option for my environmental um, look on things? Yeah, I mean, it's always impossible to answer those kind of questions, but I really like to try to force an answer out. Good. Um, So I would say definitely something repurposed or upcycled, I would go for first. Like vintage, it's best. Yeah, vintage, things with patches on it, jeans that have uh, fixes or embellishments added. And then after that, you can buy the recycled PET shirt. Right, gotcha. So. If anything says, and this might be super broad, but since you like to force answers, if something is sustainably made, what does that even mean? Or, or there's so many different ways of putting title sustainably made that mm-hmm. it's really hard to answer that question. Yeah. I like to think of it in terms of social and environmental concerns. So when I think that something is sustainably made, I want to know that the hands that it passes through are being paid properly, they're being treated properly, they're gaining a skill and they feel happy about the products that they're making and where they're going. Environmentally, I'm hoping that these products are organic or their impact in carbon is low or chemicals weren't weren't overly used or put into the groundwater somehow. So I, I, I just try to lump it into a very general social and environmental 
category and there's many ways to dissect those down um but the that's gen- generally how i think about it so sustainable doesn't just happen to be about the environment because it's also it can also be about sustainable economy or you know sustainable health for the workers whatever so it's all about so many different factors coming to play a hundred percent yeah and, and another question i want to ask on that talking more about terminology we have different different ways of being a, a conscious consumer and i kept getting questions about this and i keep asking questions to myself about this and it's really hard to find the perfect answer i'd say it's almost impossible it's a lot of just gray zones no black and white but you know there's a struggle between choosing between ethically made sustainably made locally made uh, a product made from let's say vegan materials what would you say your personal opinion is there any way to rank those options or would you say it's just about you know situation to situation kind of thing Yeah, I mean, I think going natural and going local is a good place to start. When you're using natural materials, that means less chemicals, less processes, less energy. So that's usually a good place to start. Making making sure those natural fibers are organic would be the best option. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you can find natural organic materials locally, that would be my number one choice. Then when you start getting into synthetics and you want things that stretch and you want to be able to wear, you know, pants to do a downward dog, um, then I would start going towards the more tensile fabrics, the bioengineered, the recycled polyester. Yeah, and there's a lot of more terminology in there, not too overwhelming. I know, anyone, yeah, I'm trying not to throw too much in, but it, it, it gets amazed. tricky with, yeah. with that stuff because I think people, when they see a bamboo shirt, um they're like great i'm i'm good but actually you know the chemicals and energy that go into creating a bamboo shirt are actually quite high mm, yeah. so um this isn't it's it's tricky uh but is there any way for a consumer to even know in the store or is there just not enough transparency to be making those kind of conscious decisions do you have to do a lot of background research of the brand i guess my question is before you go out and buy anything yeah i think what people are looking for now is more brand reputation. So when they're looking for brands, they're like, who do I trust? Mm. Because when I start diving into fair trade and organic, you know, it's really hard to understand exactly what that means. So I find... What's the question again? (laughs) Is there any way, let's say I walk into a store and I really want to make a conscious decision. Is there any way I could read the labels or check for like materials inside? I mean, is there any like red flag, let's say, to start there? If this is made from whatever, you should definitely not buy it. I think a red flag is when you ask a store associate where it was made or what it's made from, and the answer is, I don't know. Mm. And there's no transparency. And usually when they don't know, it's because someone higher than them doesn't really necessarily want them to know, Mm. or they don't know themselves, which is also problematic. Um, So I think... Even if they're able to answer questions, like that's usually how I gauge it. Because the more they know, the more they're connected to the supply chain and the better probability it is that these were made in a better place. Right. And since you talked about natural materials and natural dyeing and stuff like that, it may be hard to know if you don't ever ask those questions, but you know, the whole tanning and dyeing part of the fashion industry is really, really bad. And, you know, I'm, there's a bad joke in Asia that you can see the color of the season just by looking at the color of the rivers because whatever goes 
into the rivers is just straight from the factory. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it's literally red or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's awful in itself. And this very toxic chemicals is terrible for the people working there. It's terrible for the environment. I think they found like the polar bear somewhere had had some kind of chemicals in them. So it travels like all over the globe, which is awful. And so we need to obviously rethink fashion. I think a good way to start as a consumer is to really ask yourself, do I need this? Do I have enough clothes at home? If you need something new, can I get this secondhand? People are just, it's so much circling right now that you can go to a Goodwill store, a secondhand store, and things that are close to new, you can still buy it. Or maybe do a clothing swap with a friend. So start there, like the whole repurposing, right? And then the next step would be maybe do some research online. What are brands, what brands are doing good stuff, you know? What are brands I would like to support? And I think, like we talked about, there is no black and white. So maybe go back to yourself and ask the questions, what do I care for? Mm-hmm. What is important to me? And then what brands speak for those values? Because I think sometimes, I mean... Yes, we want it to be local and natural. Maybe there is no local clothing factory if you live in certain parts of the world. So it has to be imported from somewhere else. And it's really hard to make the decision feeling good about it. But maybe it's not that bad it's been imported because at least you know that the workers who made it has fair working conditions and it's made from a natural fabric. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm not for or against really, you know, everything being local. So I think that there are pluses and and negatives to both sides. But something that I just want to touch on too is I think when people are coming into this category and not knowing what to buy, price is really scary. Mm. And I like to think about it as almost a balancing your budget. Like pick three things in your closet that, that you need to fix, that you love but you're not wearing because they need to be fixed. Fix those three. Go find five vintage things from a place like Buffalo Exchange where it's not that expensive. Right. And then buy that one amazing, sustainable, slightly more expensive piece of, of, of clothing. Yeah. Um, and I think if you can play in balancing your budget and not just writing these things off because of price, um, you, you can find tricks and tips um, in there as well. So that's at least what I've been hearing from people is like that becomes their biggest barrier yeah. um, is price and also the unknown and who to trust and what everything really means anyway. So. And I think the whole price part too is because we're so known, like we're so used to nowadays that things are cheap because that's the reality it's, like it's been for the past 20 years or so. It used to be that you bought one piece a year or something and then you kept that coat for five years or even 15 years. And so it was always an investment in buying fashion may have had one skirt that you mix with five different scarves and that's the way you changed up but today you know you you get a dress and you're not even worried about the fact that it rips after five uses because you didn't pay that much for it so if you think about it in a bigger picture like i said maybe save up and like go buy that one piece you really want and then for the other things try to find vintage or maybe talk to a friend and say hey have you do you have anything that you're like so sick of right now because most likely your friend or you are going to be like, I love that. Let me have it. So just give things new life. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the first time I really owned something of high quality, I was like 22 or 21. Mm. It's like the first time in my life that I was like, this fabric is really nice. Like, I think I want to keep this around. Like, I think I only want to wear it, you know, for these things. And um, I think it's a it's a transition moment, too, because... I grew up not really thinking about quality clothing, not really wanting it, not even knowing it existed. And then once you get a taste of something that you, a coat that you can wear for five years, uh, it's a really powerful moment, I think. For sure. And I think 
again, as a consumer, I think it's good to be educated. So maybe do watch some of the documentaries like The True Cost or River Blue, which is two of my favorites within the fashion world, just to get some knowledge and understanding for the background to everything. And then once you know that, you are a much more empowered consumer and then you will feel a lot better about making those decisions that are aligned with your values. And so it really is about bringing, you know, value to money, but also vote via dollars. And mm-hmm. you're going to feel a lot better about wearing the things you buy for sure. Absolutely. And something else I want to talk about, because there is a lot of exciting things going on in fashion due to upgraded technology and new findings of how we can rethink the way we make our clothes and whatnot. And I assume that you are kind of on the front line with that, with Unspun. So is there anything you can... Can you tell us some examples of how technology is changing the game of fashion? Yeah, and I can think of some few examples along the supply chain. When I lived in... I lived in Bangladesh for about three years, running a sustainability department inside of Bangladesh's largest vertically integrated factory. Zara, H&M, Walmart, and... The amount of cutting waste from these factories is actually insane. Mm. They make mountains, like physical large mountains. And, you know, when you think about that we can put a Tesla inside of a spaceship and send it into space, like we can think about making clothing without waste. And right. so that's something that Unspun is actually working on. Um how can we actually manufacture things to shape without having all this waste? And how do we not have all this inventory waste and sampling waste? And so I think that there are really smart technologies in the manufacturing process that can eliminate things like that, especially in, in, in the waste area. I also, the company Soko, they're a jewelry company, and I really like that... I really like the technology that they're using. So they have, and I, and I don't know much about it, but this is like the, the gist is, so they have created kind of an application and everybody that makes SoCo products has access to this. So they get the order through their phone and they can decide whether or not they want to do it. And all the, and all the power and the information is in their hands. So they're not, they don't have to go to, you know, they don't have to travel an hour by foot per day to a factory, you know, that they can do this in their own home, they can work at their own pace, um, and it really flips the supply chain on its head, and it gives the power to the people actually making the products that we consume. And this is, I think, a really good example of um, how technology can throw the power structure around in new ways. So that I, I, I found very, very, very exciting. And then there's also just in terms of consumer behavior, there's just a lot of amazing things out there. My friend told me the other day about an app that helps you digitize your closet. Wow. Which sounds very simple. And I was like, tell me more about how you use that. And she was like, oh, well, you know, I like lay in bed and I just pick out what I'm going to wear the night before. But it's amazing because I forget I have things. Mm. And when I'm like, oh, yeah, I need to, you know, get a shirt for this thing or a dress for this party you actually look at your closet and you have it. And I think that's really amazing. So even small behavior change tools and there's an app also called Good On You, mm-hmm. um, which I think is, is is amazing. And you can ask them about brands and 
they give you a pretty good answer of, of how they're doing in terms of sustainability. That's so awesome. I think technology is throwing throwing the power in different directions to the manufacturers, to the producers, uh, and, to, and to the consumers, and, and less to the large companies. So I'm very excited about those movements. That's awesome. And I also know that for you know just another example that denim, for example, I think they're now finding new ways to, what do you even say, like shade them with like, yeah, the laser, laser and instead of the water, because there's a lot of water going into den- the denim industry. Yeah, and that's why I'm really excited to work with Unspun in the denim industry because it is such a dirty industry. Mm-hmm. It is really, really, really tough, and I believe that we are on the path to make the most sustainable jean in the world, um, from how it's produced to the chemicals used to how it's consumed and how it changes retail experience. Um, but it is, it's a really, really, really gnarly industry. Yeah. But we can change it, right? Absolutely. A hundred percent. Awesome. That's what I wanted to hear. I mean, when I see challenges, I just see opportunity. Good. That's my girl. Yes. I love you. <laughs> so, okay. Anyone listening right now, they're ready to go. They know they want to learn more about it. They want to start being the most epic conscious consumer. What would you say, is the, where would you start? First step. Are we talking in terms of fashion or in general? You can give both answers. Okay. I think I'm close to fashion, so I'll start with fashion. I think opening up your closet and taking a good, hard look at what you have. Scaling down. Really understanding, like, what what do you wear? What do you buy, but what do you wear? Like, what, like, what, what is the shape of your body and what makes you feel good? And start actually buying to that buy to you not to trends and not to mannequins but buy what makes you feel the best Mm. and i think that's a really good place to start that doesn't even put pressure on you to know about sustainability um and then i think find you know three brands uh and just learn about them like search into the supply chain a little bit order something offline because normally, you know, you can't find these stores physically. And I think that is a really big barrier to entry because when you're investing in something sustainable and you can't touch it or feel it or try it on, it's really hard. So just try one and and, and see how you like it. And, and if you do like it, order more from that same brand. I think finding brands that you really resonate with and, and sticking to them is, is a really good way to go as well. Um, and of course, buying vintage and repurposing everything, and because it's cool, right? It's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I'm wearing jeans right now that I got from a clothing swap that was repurposed from my from my friend. Actually, oh, I love it. And I just love how it's traveled around. And um, yeah, I absolutely, I absolutely love them. I cherish them way more now. So I actually walked down the street the other day, and I don't know how I started reflecting on like, what am I wearing? And I came to the conclusion that everything, including my underwear and my socks, <laughs> except for my sunglasses, because I bought them in New York a few years ago, everything else I had been given to me or like gifted or I found somewhere. Like, that's pretty amazing when you think about it. Yes, they're like my everyday options, but I love them. It's part of my, my, my wardrobe and that's who I am. And I know that I may be using the same pants in like 10 pictures on Instagram, but that's totally okay because that's who I am right now. Yeah, I mean, I really think when you buy things or you bring things into your life, 
it's because you're trying to feel a certain way or capture some certain emotion, whether that's because of the person it came from or an experience that you had while you were buying it or how you believe this thing is going to make you feel. Mm. So I think buying in terms of of your own needs um, and bringing things into your life that way is is also a really healthy way to look at it yeah and i think the second part of this because when you start looking at your wardrobe like who am i what do i want to wear what do i feel comfortable in you know what follows is actually getting rid of whatever it's not part of you and it's a really really awesome feeling to just have you know a minimalistic life and I know a lot of people are talking about it and there's a reason to because it really is amazing. And so then the question arises, what do you do with the clothes that you don't want to keep? Mm. And so you can even gift it away to friends. If no one in your surroundings want them, find a Goodwill store that can be repurposed. If it's torn or something and you can't actually gift it, I mean, stores like H&M are taking care of clothes right now that's going to be recycled. I know... It may not become other clothes, but they use it for like couches and, you know, car seats and stuff like that. So don't just throw it out in landfills because we do not want garments in landfills. So there is a way to recycle clothes. I just want to get to that too. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think we think that we just have a cotton shirt and that's okay. But actually, you know, it's a purple cotton shirt. Mm -hmm. So it has it has chemicals in it. And if it's going into a landfill, that those chemicals are leaching right into the soil, right into the water supply. So... Recycling it is definitely the better way to go. For sure. And also in terms of minimalist, I, I don't know if you've heard about that. You've probably heard of this, but it's when every time you wear a, a garment out of your closet, you flip the hanger around. Hmm. So after about a month when you're wearing your clothes, it's really obvious what you continue to wear and what you never touch. That's funny. And that's a really good way to understand what are the things that you should keep or buy more of mm -hmm. and what are the things that you should discard and um, find alternative ways to, you know, put those out into the world. But I, I really love that, that idea of just more awareness of your closet. I mean, I, I went to Sweden once for a month and I brought a carry-on. I still only wore half of the suitcase. <laughs> I'm like, this is ridiculous. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's... You know, when you start finding your style and finding, you know, what looks good on you, it's paying attention to that just makes life easier, yeah. you know, as well as, you know, kind of gliding you into sustainability and it does make your life easier. And I do think the first part of everything is just understanding that being you is okay. Embrace yourself, love yourself, find your style and be okay with that. Don't try to be someone else. Don't try to, you know respond to trends or whatever or what friends are telling you to wear just find yourself yeah and and that's it that's a tricky one too because i think i even have some kind of power clothes mm. you know oh, yeah you need to keep those for like where, vacations right? yeah where it's like i'm not trying to be someone else but i'm trying to enhance my own abilities for that moment mm. and i use clothes as a vessel for that um and and i think um I think that that's a, a really fun thing and a really fun way to think about it. Yeah, I mean, don't just keep your leggings and your comfy clothes just because you happen to love to wear them all the time. You know, <laughs> fashion is powerful mm -hmm. and we can move the world with fashion. So let's just do it in a sustainable, conscious way. Yes. Right? Yes. Okay, Brooke, I love having you here. I would love to talk for hours, <laughs> but I think it's time to start wrapping up and I would love to do that with my final three questions. Great. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. So number one. Here on Hate Change, we're all about spreading positivity and good news. So what are some good news that you read or come by lately that you would like to share with us today? 
Hmm. Yeah. So I was talking to my friend the other day uh, who works on LEED certified buildings. And she told me that by 2020, all residential homes have to have solar. Oh. And have to be zero net energy. Have to. Wait, wait. Was, is this the United States or a certain city? San Francisco. San Francisco. Okay. Let me say. be clear. San Francisco. <laughs> Let's clarify things. Yeah. Okay. And actually, in 2030, it should be all new commercial buildings as well. Wow. That's and really cool. That was fascinating. I mean, that was really cool. Is that like 100% solar or partially solar? I think that you have to use solar energy, but you have to be net zero. Wow. energy so all of your energy has to come from an outside source it's a great news it's amazing thank you so much for sharing that yeah Howard. Yeah. awesome okay number two i truly believe that a better world starts with a better you and that we must always seek personal growth in order to be able to fight for ourselves and for our precious planet so what would you say is something you've learned about yourself in the past five to ten years that you are incredibly grateful for and how has this made you look differently on life yeah so my answer to this is that i used to feel like i couldn't talk or work in sustainability because maybe i wasn't smart enough or that wasn't my degree or i'm not really good at reading research papers and understanding what they're getting at and slowly over time i realized that I have it in me, everybody has it in them to understand this concept and to have a voice. And I think it's not about being smart and being able to understand, it's being able to absorb what's going on and react in a, in a meaningful way. Mm. So I think that that's, that's a big kind of change that I had with myself. In the moment I was like, you know what, I can get in the room with with scientists and people and and my voice can carry as well because i've i've been in certain situations that they have not and i have certain experiences that they don't and i've learned how to kind of balance those conversations in a way that makes me feel more confident so i've just learned that although this might not be your background you can turn something that you're passionate about um into a career path and give yourself a voice in that I think so many people are finding themselves in the exact same situation. And just by you sharing this right now, you were helping a lot of people out there. So what would some, what's something that you did or told yourself to, to get over this fear? Can you remember it? Or? I, I think it's a lot of com- just honestly, just conversations. You know, pe- people are, are saying stuff and I want to ask questions and I want to push on things. And I just, I felt like, I couldn't or that I needed to go home and research it a little bit more and then bring it up if it ever, you know, is in the conversation again. And I think at a certain point I was like, you know, I I have something to say and it might be a little off, but I'm bringing something to the table to discuss Mm. and just not being afraid to come to that table with my ideas and and really engage in, in conversation. So I it started for me with just plain conversation. I love it. And yeah. I think with that too, it's just a humbling fact of everyone can be wrong, including myself. Yes. And so I feel like... I'm wrong all the time. The more Exactly. <laughs> and the more we can just embrace that with love and say like, hey, I was wrong. It's fine. You know, I'm sorry, but I'm sorry I was wrong. And thank you for correcting me. 
But if we can approach it in that way, you not feel dumb about saying something incorrectly, then we can then we can speak up more. Then we have the courage to say, "Hey, I have something to share." And then if we happen to not be perfectly right, we can correct that because people are just humans, you know? And so thank you for sharing. That was awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's it's also I find that some people that are making decisions about sustainability and energy and all this stuff, you know, it's like if you are a designer or if you, you know, have this random skill set, you should be at the table with everybody else because the more diverse conversation that's happening, the more things move. So that's yeah. how I look at it as well. And with sustainability in all terms, especially in fashion, we need more people speaking up about it around dinner tables, amongst friends and family. So if you happen to have an interest in it, just speak up. Just talk about it. Hey, I heard this podcast once and they said whatever. I don't remember exactly what they said, but I think it's important that we care about what it might be. Mm-hmm. And don't be afraid to say that. And then if someone's like, hey, people might get back at you. Like, okay, what, what, where did you hear that? And how do you know that's true? Just say, I don't know, but we can we can Google it. And there's going to be information out there. Yeah. So. I mean, another thing is, oh, I like your shirt. You're like, I know. is I got it from this place and they told me this. And, you know, what do you think about that? And... I think also that's a really good way um, sure. to, to kind of spread news and kind of bring up a discussion in like a very lighthearted way as well. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, my final question. What makes you optimistic about the future and fashion and why? I think what makes me the most optimistic is people. Like actual people that are making, consuming, selling products in general, I think I know that everybody cares. Like nobody is wakes up in the morning and says, I really want to destroy the planet today. And so I think that once we start putting options in front of people, people will choose them. So I think really just, I'm just really optimistic about humans. And I know that that might sound crazy um, seeing the situation that we're in right now, but I, I really truly believe that that deep down um, we really want to make the environment better and people's lives that make our stuff better. So I think I just feel optimistic that if people have more options in front of them and more to choose from, they will choose it. Thank you again for tuning in today. I'm super excited to have you with me on this journey of change. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes. And if you have a minute over, please leave a quick review and some stars. Thank you. I'm also to be found on Instagram via the hashtag HeyChange or on my website, HeyChange.net. So please follow me and we can be friends. All right, until next time, have an awesome day and don't forget to get out there and embrace some change.